welcome back to a new episode of 100 Steps to Drag, the podcast where I chat with your favorite drag artists and ask them, how did you get started? And what is the next for you? Where do you want to go? I am your hostess, Natasha 100, and this week I'm bringing you a very special episode. If you didn't know, I went to RuPaul's Drag Con 2023. I had a booth there for the podcast. So if we met there, welcome, welcome. I hope you enjoy. And if you've been here from the beginning, I love you even more. So this episode is a little bit different from what I usually do. I don't have one artist throughout the entire episode, but I do have mini interviews with fabulous artists that I got to meet at RuPaul's DragCon. For example, from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7 and All-Stars 8, Mrs. Kasha Davis talks about her partner and how he has been instrumental for her drag. I also talked to the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 3, Crystal Versace. We talk about the winner series coming up and while presents all the way from Drag Race Philippines. I talked to the sweetheart herself, Miss Studying. We talked about how different drag is in the Philippines versus the US. So I got to meet the Southern Belle herself, Angeria Paris Van Michaels. She has beautiful words of inspiration for people living in small towns like she used to. And last but never the least, I also got to meet the wrestler diva herself, Pollo del Mar. This episode is stacked. I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here you have it. And we are here live at RuPaul's Dragon with the one and only Angeria Paris Van Michael. Hello, how you doing? <laughs> Much better now that I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. How's the con treating you so far? Oh my God, amazing. Like this is my third time doing it and I'm having such an amazing time this year already. Like I'm so excited. I've met so many fans already. My performance was great. So yeah. <laughs> You're like, I, it out there. Yeah, I think I did. You have, to, you have to get excited about your stuff because if you don't get excited about your things, how is everyone else right so Angeria, we all know you are fantastic Thank but you. how did you decide to start doing drag in the first place when was the moment that you're like hmm I want to do it I started doing drag in like my third year of college I had a friend who was doing drag and I guess I got inspired I had that friend put me in makeup for the first time and then I wanted to perform just to try it and I haven't been able to stop ever since you're like yep yeah it, it, it just stuck it just stuck <laughs> Uh, was this like a nightclub or was that like a more uh, like a college show? It, it was actually uh, a nightclub, a mm. very small town of Valdosta, Georgia. You know, I'm a Georgia girl, honey, mm. so, and that's where I got my start. And like I said, I, I moved to Atlanta maybe a year after that. That's when I really, really got into drag. Like, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in love. I'm in love now. Oh, here we are. Yeah. Years yeah. How many years ago was that? This year, it'll be 10 years. So 10 years since, I, since the day that I started drag. So you're only 16. How did that happen? But I know. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you were the baby. Oh my god. <laughs> that is so cool. So yeah. did you ever have like another job and drag at the same time? Yeah. So throughout my drag, I actually worked uh, mostly at dog kennels. But yeah, I was working at the kennels for like four years and doing drag on my off days and on the weekends. And then I became an Uber driver, and that was right before drag race. And mm-hmm. I was literally driving for Uber and going to go do drag. Pulling up to the yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like fully in makeup, like driving people around. No. <laughs> Because, you know, Robin fears, like, the best buy Yeah, she's the best buy and, and I'm the drag Uber, Uber driver. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my god. So we know Drag Race happened and yeah. it's been amazing. What's been your favorite part of the after Drag Race life? My favorite part, honestly, the money. Um, I mean, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the coin, the coin. <laughs> but but aside, but aside from that, honestly, just being able to like go out and be on like this platform and meet so many like incredible like people and that they're famous or not, just everybody just being able to be in front of people and in rooms I never thought I was gonna be in. Um, yeah. Like I grew up somewhere a uh, small small town where I always felt like my mind was much bigger than my surroundings, and now I feel like I'm finally able to have access to that big yeah. world that so I always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. I love it. So far, what's been okay. your favorite performance or show that you've done so far? Oh my god, I have a new one actually. As of last week, mm -hmm. I performed, well no, earlier this week, I performed at Mickey's West Hollywood. At Showgirls? At, at Showgirls. Oh, my and, um, and I actually did If Only You Knew by Deatra Hicks. And it's a song I did all the time back in Atlanta. But ever since I become a drag race girl, I stayed away from doing it because I felt like crowds would know it or you know appreciate it's kind of it. niche and then it's i niche. did it it's kind of niche because it's like old school drag that i love and then i just decided to do it mm. and i've never gotten the response that i got ever like yeah. being in los angeles that i got from mickey's that night and it felt so good because i was doing something i loved to do you know part, no, my style absolutely. of drag they appreciated yes. it. they loved it they could oh. tell i was comfortable and that's you know yeah that part because i'm mexican so when i do something mm -hmm. like a mexican song yeah. and yeah. People get it, get yeah. the references. And it makes you feel good, right? Yes. Yeah, it makes you feel good. Oh, you're like, oh, this is what I love. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh my God. We know you're from a small town. What would you yeah. say to other small town kids that also yeah. feel that their mind, their creativity yes. is yes. bigger than that town? Yes. So if you are from a small town and you are one of the kids that grows up feeling like, you know, your mind and your imagination is honestly bigger than your surroundings, get out. <laughs> like, no, like honestly, you know, give yourself the chance, give yourself the opportunity to really go see the world once you're like able to. You don't, don't, don't be afraid. Like, if you have dreams and goals, like go accomplish them. Like my thing was, as soon as I hit 17 and I finished high school, I decided to go. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to go to college anywhere near where I was. I, I, I left, and it wasn't just about college, but just to give myself a different surrounding. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Atlanta, different surrounding. And now, as of three months ago, I just moved to Los Angeles. So new surroundings, like if you want something, you gotta go out and like make it happen. So if you're from a small town, don't be limited. Don't limit yourself. The only one that can limit you is you, not other people. I love yeah. that. The only if one you got dreams, you, go chase them, go get go them. Go after you know? your yeah. dreams, opportunities. Do what, do what you need to make it come true. It's up to you, yeah. I love that, baby. Uh, also, one piece of advice for new drag entertainers, something that okay. you're like, okay, this is important yes. for your girls yes, to yeah. know. <laughs> okay, uh, what's important is you should watch your tights. Uh, no. <laughs> and you know, girl, you don't want to walk in the dressing room and the girls be like, who is that? <laughs> no. But on a serious note, I always tell uh, new drag queens that practice makes perfect. And that doesn't mean just having somewhere to perform and do drag. That means if you're not able to, you know, do the show, there's some um, drag queens now that are starting before they can eat or even old enough to go to the club and do a show. If you're doing it at home on social media or whatever, that's fine. If you're just bored, 
at home and you want to get in, you know, you want to go live or you want to get in the mirror and just do your makeup, practice. You, I was always taught that you only get good at something by doing that something. Yes. So, and it's not all about, like I said, just having somewhere to perform. It's about sometimes just getting in, in the makeup, in the feel of it, uh, perform in your bathroom, in the shower, like, but you need to always be do, doing it to keep yourself, like, you know. Because I've always yeah. been taught, like, sometimes, you know, if you don't use it, you, you might lose yeah. it. If you commit yourself to that, like, that skill, and, and you really, you know, make, it, make sure that you do it enough to where it becomes secondhand, I don't think you can go wrong. Of course, you know? yeah. And yeah. you can say, practice makes Especially perfect. if you love it. Especially if you love yeah. it. Yes. You know? Oh, so. That is such good advice. Yeah. And I know you've done so much so far. What is the next for Nigeria? As much as you can, of course, yeah. disclose, yeah. but what is the next for you? What would be your ultimate goal with drag? Well, right now, what is next, actually, I will be on the Work the World Tour again this year. So, of course, that's starting uh, like in the summer. So, I'm really, really excited about that. Work the World 2023, yes. Um, me and some more amazing girls are going to be on that. It's going to be great. And then, aside from that, I just want to do like more TV stuff. Like, that's my whole thing. Like, I just really enjoy being on TV and now we're getting back on it. So, whether it's All Stars or whether it's something else, you know, or being on, you know, talk shows or whatever, it doesn't matter. I want to be back on TV, you know what I'm saying? Whether I have my own yes. show or that's the I would goal. Love that's, the what Angie I'm, show. that's what I'm saying as I so that's what's next because it will happen. It See, will happen. Manifesting it, right? <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. You have to. <laughs> oh, manifestation, so important. Thank you so much, Nigeria. No You've problem. been lovely. No, this so was... have you. Oh my God. Thank you so Thank much you, for baby. doing this. <laughs> and we are back again here at RuPaul's Dragon 2023 with the amazing touring all the way from Drag Race Philippines. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm corseted. I can't breathe, but I'm good. Oh, and this is day two, y'all. Day so, two. Oh, mm -hmm. Are you exhausted already? No, no. Surprisingly not. That is good. It's the adrenaline and the fans true. and all that. It's true. Yeah, I love that. When did you land? Oh, May 3rd. But I went to my friend in Sacramento, and then I went to San Francisco, and then I just landed on the 10th for Dragon. It's a journey, then. You've been out and about. I know. <laughs> it's amazing, though. No, I love it. Listen, we all saw you run on Drag Race Philippines. Mm -hmm. We fell in love with you. Thank so you. I want to know now, how did you start? How did you be said, hmm, I want to do drag now? Okay, well, introduction of drag to me was when I was in high school with season three. Because in the Philippines, there's this, uh, you know, on a cable channel, Velvet, they're airing season three. So I was introduced to that with Manila Luzon because, you know, here Manila Luzon, well, wait, but that's an that's, international yeah. show. <laughs> And you hear in Manila Zone, so I was hooked to that show. And then I stopped watching because, you know, school. And then I was reintroduced to drag when I was in college because I took up performing arts. And my professor was a drag queen. Yes, her name is Queen Filipinas Marikit. I yeah, love it. Big fat Chinese guy, but <laughs> amazing, fabulous Chinese woman. Yes. So, yeah, I was reintroduced to the drag world through uh, in college. And then, again, I stopped because of my, my course is mass communication, my major is performing arts. Mm. So it's still a lot of broadcasting yeah, stuff and theater, it overlaps. The drag is really not, you know, a constant or consistent part of my, my college life. But since it's still performing, the fundamentals of stage, the way you perform, you memorize, internalize, it's still the same fundamentals. When I was 25, there's this opportunity at a bar to, uh, to audition. They're opening an audition for a drag queen and I auditioned. 
I got in, I trained, and I became a drag queen. And the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> as simple as that. There's no much like, I went from this thing to this thing. I suffered from this thing to this thing. No, I just really auditioned, and that's it. No, that is really simple, but I think yes. it was like your calling, you know? I think so. Yeah, because you're really good at it. Oh, thank and, you. And like, it shows a performance arts background in your lip syncs, because like, uh, again, we fell in love with, thank with you. them, with thank your performance you. style. I want to know, how is the drag scene come in the Philippines? Is it easy for new performers to, to get settled? Honestly, not really. But because of us being on Drag Race Philippines and um, another show that features drag, it became more, like, I guess, easier for the newer queens. But back then, you just there's really not much avenue for drag queens to perform at. There's only like two major bars. It's called O-Bar and Nectar mm. that uh, caters drag queens. So, yeah, and it's, it's a hard competition because everybody wants to be a performer. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of you, you have to really fight for your spot. You have to be really good at it. And I feel like people is really good at drag in the Philippines, based on what I've seen. Yeah, I guess so, because Philippine drag is more performance-based. Because with looks, you know, you can always tweak your looks, but when it comes to performance, it's really, you can easily tell if someone's prepared or not. Mm -hmm. Someone has a training or not. Yes. So, and Filipinos are very critical when it comes to performance. Singing, dancing, acting. So, we know when you're just bullshitting things. <laughs> when you're just trying to, like, make it up. Yeah. <laughs> you can't in the Philippines with all the people, but with the whole talent. I am sure. What is your favorite part of doing drag? Probably performing. Because I really love performing. It's really my passion. And to be paid, <laughs> you know, being paid for what you do, uh, the thing that you love, it's amazing. It is. You know, just do, you're just doing you, you're just performing, you, you're just doing what you love, and you're being paid for it. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's not much compared to here and other countries, but still, it's amazing. Then, like, oh my gosh, I'm making money with this. I remember yes. the first time I got paid in drag, and I was like, wait, you want to pay me to perform? Because usually here in the U.S., you start, like, a tip spot. Mm -hmm. So all you do is, like, tips that the audience gives you. Yeah, but true. When, once you're more stable, they actually pay you. Oh, Okay. So I was like, oh, oh my god, like my first, like, I'll never forget. Oh, I love that. <laughs> One thing that is different from Philippine drag to other uh, Western drag, I guess, mm -hmm. if you will, is the tipping culture. Because in the Philippines, that's why, I guess the reason why you really have to, you know, uh, push your performance, because in the Philippines, you cannot get tips while you're performing. Well, you can, but it's not really part of our culture. Yeah. You only get your tips after the whole show is done. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, especially here in the States, you just get dollars and dollars and dollars while performing. Because in the Philippines, you're in your zone when you're performing. You have yeah. to be very, very good at it. So you- Yeah, you're in your L Elements. You're so in you your don't element. really pay attention to like exactly. the people with the money. So yeah. when you're when you're performing in the Philippines, when you perform, you're in your element. You're in your zone. You have a fourth wall. It's just like the audience were like in a glass. Yeah. So whereas here, it's like connected. You know, you talk mm. to the audience while getting tips. Yeah. So. And I feel like being connected is like pros and cons because yeah. obviously it makes it more personal for the True. audience. True. But the amount of uh, performers that I've seen just go on stage and like collect I their know. money. It's like, baby, like, ugh, I love being on stage and to me it's like so precious that yes. I'm like, I could not do that. True. Like, I guess you could say like 
70% getting tips, 30% performance. Yeah, so. or even more, like sometimes it's 95% <laughs> okay. well, In the Philippines, 100% performance. Yes, I've and you seen get a lot your of tips videos. after. Yes, so, I yeah. love it. And obviously you were on this amazing platform of Drag Race Philippines, mm -hmm. but I want to know what is the next for you? I would like to hear like a short-term goal, maybe for the rest of the year, mm -hmm. and your ultimate goal in drag, what do you want to do with it? Well, people always tell me like, you should go to All Stars, you should, you should do Versus the World, but it's not really up to me, to be honest. It's really not up, up to me. I can't audition for an All Star, I can't audition for a Versus the World. It's really World of Wonder who will call us. Yeah. So up until, you know, they call me, I just keep on making money. <laughs> Honestly, no, but the, for me, the next best thing is to be an international performer. So, as a Filipino queen, I think for me, the best is to be seen around the world, you know, to be exposed with other cultures and different types of drag, different culture drag. Well, in a way, in the Philippines, we are kind of a celebrity, so we go with mainstream, we do uh, we do game shows, television shows, uh, I do TV series, we do films, some of us, Silhouette is even nominated for her first film, oh. Best Supporting Actor. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. <laughs> Girl, that's true. Some, some of us are going to the mainstream media, but to me, I want to still be a drag queen because I really love, in as much as I love acting and television, I really found, you know, a certain type of love with drag that I just don't want to let go yet. Yeah. So for me, the next best thing is to be an international queen, international performer. I know you will because like I said, you're oh, fabulous. I, girl, so I any, hope so. Any producers are listening to this, please book yes, her. Yes, please. please reach um, out. Producers, promoters, if you're listening, book this bitch. Okay? <laughs> she will turn it. Out oh, I'm not gonna disappoint. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you that. I'm not gonna disappoint. I broke my heel last night at Mickey's. I still perform. No. Yes, and it's just my second song. Oh. I still have a third song, and I just took up the heel. It's still not working. I took off the boots, and I, per I'm, I was performing on a very, very wet surface Girl. in my stockings. Girl, I turn it out. I tried my best. Oh my God, yes. you're such a professional. You're still here turning yes, it out. Yes, that, because that's part of the discipline as well, so. It is, it is. So my last question for all the newer drag artists out there, or mm -hmm. people that want to start drag and mm -hmm. are like, ooh, what should I do first? What's the, the biggest piece of advice that you would give them? I think I always, um, whenever a new queen asks me during my Facebook Live, Instagram Live, TikTok Live, it's if you give, if, uh, what tips would you give to a new queen? I always tell them to please know the craft first. Don't just do drag because it gives you that, uh, what's this, um, that, that instant fame. You know, yeah. love the craft. Because mm -hmm. if you love the craft, uh, what no matter how many years you will, you know, be, be will be in that craft, you will still love it. Mm -hmm. You know, you may be burned out for a while, but the love is still there. You just need to rest. Whereas if you don't, if um, if you don't love the craft, you're just doing it for makeup. You're just doing it for, for attention. For attention. You're just doing it for the clout, for the likes. You know, it's not really gonna, you know, it's you're not gonna last long. Because at the end of the day, this is still a career. It is. You know. To some, yes, you can do it as a hobby, good for you. But if you really want to push it as a career, you really have to love the craft. Study the history so that you have something to say when someone asks you, what is drag? Yeah. What's the history of drag, local and international? And can you name me 10 local queens in your area? I love that. You have to love your craft. You just don't, I mean, we are a drag con, but still, you have to love your local queens because uh, those international queens that you're seeing on television, they were once a local queen. Yes. You have to love them, all of, all of, all queens, local or international. 
you know? Oh, that is such a great advice. Oh, they're so sweet because you're right. First of all, know the craft. Yes. Other people just start and they're like, yeah, this is it. But you're right. Yes. When they're like, so, oh, can you name some? Because one example is, because I, I have a baby queen uh, that is my friend and she asked me like, mommy tours, what, what's this? What should I do now? Crystal Versace changed her makeup because she's trying to copy oh, Crystal Versace. I, I told see, her, I know who you are first. Know yeah. who you are first as a drag artist because if you know who you are, you're not emulating any drag queens. If they change their makeup, you still keep yours because exactly. you know who you are. Exactly. Oh. You just don't copy one queen because that's already her. You can't copy and you, you're not going to be the next Crystal Versace because there's only one Crystal Versace. <laughs> you have to find who you are. I love that advice, Mama. Oh, Thank you. My goodness. Anything that you want to promote to our listeners? Anything? Ah, I don't know. You just follow me on my socials, Turing Quinto. That's T-U-R-I-N-G-Q-U-I-N-T-O. Follow her. You're not going to regret it. And if you have not watched Drag Race Philippines, you are missing out <laughs> on a spicy and great Oh season. my God, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for thank the time. You. I thank appreciate you. it, my I love. It. And we are back here at DragCon 2023 with the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 3, Crystal Versace. Hey, baby, it's me, the KV. Hey, in the house. Yeah, girl, she's in this big house. It's a big mother-talking house. It is. How's it the DragCon going for you? Dragon's fun, it's a lot. It's, you know, we get to see so many people, especially coming from all the way from the UK. Um, there's a lot of people here that just don't get to see us, even like the girls, like the Rue girls, you know. It's very exciting and it's a lot of energy and a lot of spirit and it's very exciting. It is, yeah. no, I am sure. Yeah. And listen, we know the goddess that Crystal Versace is right now, uh -huh. but I want to learn about your roots. How did you even start in drag? Because you started very young. Yes, I did. Um, I started off wanting to be a makeup artist. That was my thing. Um, so I was doing makeup as a boy when that was like Manny MUA and all these like makeup yeah. influences were things. So I like, yeah, I started to like really get into makeup then. And then it went from me wanting to do makeup to being like, actually, I kind of want to be on stage. I kind of want to do the whole thing. So um, then it went to there. And yeah, here she is. Just the goddess that you see. Uh, you yeah. really are. And if, oh, if you are not following Crystal on Instagram, like uh -huh. it's amazing. Oh yeah, like, bitch. Just... And TikTok, she's starting all that up now. And they're going crazy. So. Yes. She's a TikTok girl now. Uh, How was your first drag show? Do you remember it? Yes, I remember. I mean, my first performance ever was at a Pride. It was a local Pride, and that was wild because we managed to like get into the the late, and I was underage at the time. But we managed to like because we were really good. Me and my drag sister, we were put on the late show, so we were like, oh my god, we're actually like performing in like a club, say. Yeah. Um. So that was wild, and then after that, I started to gig more, and it was just like the best thing because it was something I got to work towards every week and be like right I'm gonna do this number I'm gonna do this outfit mm -hmm. so it was amazing I loved it nice yeah. like a little she's a secret you know underage yes. don't tell anybody I <laughs> <laughs> like I on TikTok a lot of queens that are underage also reach mm -hmm. out and they're like how do I even start and I'm like I started in the bars but like what would you say to them they're like oh what's a good way to get started if you're not necessarily 18 yet yeah I mean it depends what you want to do it's like there's so much drag now and there's so many ways to do it so you can literally start off by if you want to be creative, if you want to be the look, if you want to be the personality, you can do that on TikTok and Instagram. And, you know, that's what social media does now. It catapults you so that people can see you from around the world. 
So I'd say that's the way you can start if you're definitely underage. And you know, you've, if if it's what you want to do and you're say like 12, you've got many years to plan your first performance in a club. So get it right, get it um, together and have fun with it. Yes, I love the planning aspect because a lot of the, the people on there, they're like, I want to start like right now. And yeah. I'm like, rush. Drag is not going anywhere regardless exactly. of the loss or whatever, but yeah. like just practice it out and feel it out. Yeah, you have to and you have to find what makes you happy and what you enjoy and then people will live for you. Exactly, because if you're living, the people yeah, will live, honey. Living. Yes. Yeah. So now that you were on this big platform, I mean, you right. won. What is the next for Crystal? What would you want to do in the short term, maybe like in the next year? And what's your ultimate goal of drag? What do you want to do with it? I mean, in the next year, I definitely want to... I mean, this year is literally me focusing on makeup and like giving everyone what they want because it's always what people wanted from me. And this is the year I've been doing it with TikTok, blah, blah. So I definitely want to grow my following with that and like really go out there and show everyone the tips and tricks and them get to know me on a personal level. Yeah. Um, but also we have my winner series coming out soon, which I'm super excited for. And that's been a year in the making. And oh my God, let me tell you, it is going to go off because it is no one, even now when they come up to me, no one has suspected what's going on. So, so I'm very excited for the announcement today oh, of the God. series and show everyone what we've been working on because it's nothing like what's been done before. Nothing like what's been done. So it's gonna be a game. It's getting announced today, like it's Saturday. It's being announced. We're showing the trailer. Okay, this is gonna go live Wednesday. So do you want to give like a little something, or if you yes, can, if you can, yeah, that's so totally it's, it's fine. Done. Um, but yeah, this is gonna be uh, an incredible series. It's a very personal thing for me, and this is the moment where you get to see London drag at its finest, and I you get to see the drama that I go through <laughs> with my girls in London. And it's not about like this person being a rugo, this person being a rugo. This is like brutality drag. This is brutal, this is real, this is harsh, this is like, rip off the scab, let's show them what the tea is. The Real Housewives of yeah. London, oh, it's, honey. <laughs> it's the Real Housewives of London, it's the Kardashians of London, and everyone is about to be gagged because, honey, we aren't covering up nothing and we're not sugarcoating nothing. I am so excited, I cannot wait. When does it go live? Um, it's gonna go, when is the, in June? Late June, late, late June. June. Yeah, we've been, late June. we've been trying to figure out a perfect date, but yeah, late June is what we've got. Stay tuned, baby. Stay oh, tuned. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hyped right now. If, if people thought I was, the, um, am I the drama? Like, <laughs> I think me. you are. I baby. am the drama <laughs> in this. I am the drama. Thank you so much, Crystal. Thank that was you. so amazing. Thank oh you. my goodness. There is always time for a mocktail, honey. Oh my gosh, we there's are... always time for kindness. Oh, that hard. Yes. We are here at RuPaul's Rack on 2023 with the fabulous Mrs. Kasha Davis. Yes. How are you, baby? I am just delight. I'm a delight, I'm delightful, I'm delighted. You truly are delightful, <laughs> I will say that. Thank I am you. so happy to meet you and to speak with you because we all fall in love with you on television. But I want to know, how did Kasha Davis start how did you think okay I want to be a drag queen oh my goodness well ever since I was a child I used to love to dress up and I remember dressing up in my mom's padded bra and I remember trying on her little sample lipsticks from Avon products and I was in the bathroom and she's like what are you doing in there nothing uh, <laughs> and I would I would do that but fast forward to the theater days I was in theater and I loved to play different characters and then fast forward to Rochester New York where I saw Pandora 
Box and Darien Lake on stage, and I thought, oh gosh, I don't know if I can do what they're doing. But then I saw Miss Richfield 1981, who is a fabulous comedian, and she's a drag artist, and that was it. She had a character, she had a message, she sang music, and I was like, oh goodness, I can do that. I just met Miss Richfield uh, yesterday. Did you? Yes, I think she's around. If not somebody with a very similar name, but I remember because it was like 1980. Miss Richfield 1981. Yeah, 1981. Yes. Yeah, That's I remember. Her. She's been on Camp Wanakiki, right? Uh, I think or she has been, uh, but she's just an amazing cabaret no, queen. No, she's amazing. Yeah. She was so delightful, too. Oh, good. That is so cool. Oh, my goodness. How was your first drag show then? Oh, my my gosh. Well, first and foremost, Mr. Davis and I saw Miss Richfield in Provincetown. And on the way home, I said, well, what's my name going to be? And he said, I don't know. What do you think? And I said, Kasha Davis, first pet, first street, an angry white poodle and a basic street in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I was like, this is, this is perfect. But then when I went to the club and asked if I could do the show, there was a stripper backstage. And that stripper, uh, the, the other queens were going to check out his goods. And I said, I'm not purchasing anything. I'm a married lady. And then the owner of the club, my drag mother, said, ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful Mrs. Kasha Davis, she's a lady. And I was like, oh, I'm a lady. And that's where it all began. You are. Yes, and I can celebrate all the TV moms that I loved growing up and be Mrs. Because when I was a child in the 70s and 80s, there were no LGBTQ plus married couples that can be celebrated. They were always either made fun of or oh, just a joke in one way or another. Yeah, I love that. So let me talk about a little bit of Mr. Davis. How did you meet him? Oh my gosh, on the www, which is the World Wide Web, they had this thing called gay.com. And it was before Grindr and Timber and those other places where people meet. And we sent a, a photo and I said, let's meet for coffee. And we did. And we fell right directly in love. I felt my, you know, just some parts of my body tingling. Sparks. And, sparks. Yes. and so we really just had a, a lovely time. And that was really where it all began. And he's been with me ever since we just started dating and then we made it official and then one day he said I need to talk to you about something and he said I thought oh gosh it's the friendship conversation but no he said I have two kids and it was like dream come true so immediate family I was over the moon oh that's so sweet and he came before the drag right yes uh, he definitely came before the drag but he's always been the type of fella partner friend lover who's very supportive to say whatever you want to do I will support as long as you support my goals and dreams and it's that partnership that's so important to us I would cry but I have too much Botox in my face I cannot <laughs> cry that is beautiful that thank is beautiful you. thank you oh my gosh it's important to have that you know communication that partnership because yes. at the end of the day that's what it is like you support me and I'll support you absolutely husband hundreds here on the on the sound does yes, the same doing thing his for jazz me. hands yeah you can't see right now he's doing his Liza Minnelli jazz hands <laughs> for Minnelli. us so that was before now you've been on this amazing platform, RuPaul's Drag Race, Drag Race All-Star Season 8, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Yes. <laughs> what is next for Mrs. Kasha Davis? Oh my gosh. My theater production partner and I, Mary Tabali Hoffman, we've created a television show called Imagination Station. And it is already filmed and produced. We've got four episodes ready to stream wherever we can. We've got meetings with the major streaming networks to do the first children's television program. And it's just fantastic. Imagine Mrs. Doubtfire hosts Pee-wee's Playhouse in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and then you have an idea of what it's all about. Yes, I love all of that. Yes. Especially with now the conversation of like drag and children. Drag is for children. Yes. Maybe well, not all kinds of drag, but like there's definitely 
benefits of exposing them from a young age, you know, and letting them know that everyone is different. There's diversity, and it is okay to be a little sparkly, bubbly yes, thingy. You can be yourself. It's important to be yourself, and it's important to be, celebrate exactly who you are and not hide who you are. Now, what I think is important to know is that drag, much like any other art form, like music or theater uh, or the movies, right? There are different types for different age groups, and so the parents can make that decision. They're capable enough to have the kids, so they're, they can make the decision of what they want to bring their children to. But the bottom line is, not every drag artist wants to perform for kids, yeah. but they can certainly do a show in the daytime for kids and then go do a comedy club at night. Exactly. And it's just, you know, it's, it's an, a whole art form we versus an individual. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Miss Kasha Davis, one last question. For the young drag queens out there that want to start doing drag, what are some words of advice for them so they can kick off their career as well? Do it. Just do it. Don't right? think about it. Don't Jump think into so it. Jump into it. Practice. The first time you do it, you're probably going to look terrible. We and all do. We all do. Every one of us. And every one of us are learning. I'm learning from you right now. We're all learning from each other. And the bottom line is, you get out there and you keep doing it. You might want to emulate somebody at first, but find yourself and find your message and who you are and then go out there and do it loud and proud. I love that advice. Mrs. Kasha Davis, thank you so much for being thank here you. with me. Hugs, hugs, hugs. Uh, I loved it. Thank you so much. We are here with a fantastic Pollo del Mar. How are you, baby? So good. What an exciting opportunity to meet so many incredible people like yourself here at RuPaul's Track. That's my favorite part of it all. Just coming here, getting to know everyone, and just having a good time with everybody, seriously. Isn't it amazing, though, to be able to soak up all of the hundreds, if not thousands, of different drag aesthetics? Hundreds, yeah. Um, I love it. It's something that I think is really challenging and a little overwhelming at times. A little? I mean, we were just talking about this before yeah. recording that it's impossible to not compare yourself to other people, even though that it, you, we know it's rule number one of drag, do not compare your art to somebody else's. But seeing so much talent is just like inevitable. We're like, wow. Especially like, you know, people like the RuPaul's Drag Race girls with all the budget, all the rhyme sales, all the production. But it's not even just the drag race competitors. Like, there are people who plan their entire year around the look. Truly. Where here, because this is their RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah, right? Yeah, this is their it's stuff. It's the opportunity to be seen. But comparison is the thief of joy. Literally. If you compare what you are experiencing to what you perceive other people are experiencing, you are not going to be able to enjoy it. I it's love that. Very that. How long have you been doing drag? Oh, how very dare you! Oh, no! Um, I have been doing drag since April 27th, 2006. I know the exact date and year. I love that you know the exact date. Why do you know the exact date? <laughs> because of the fact that it was a date that ultimately changed my life. Like, I thought it was going to be a one-time thing. It became a career for me, and it became an avenue for artistic expression. And in a lot of ways, it opened me to drag, which I believe is, like, my superpower. I am in love with that. Let me ask you this, because right now, the drag scene, is, I'm sure it's very different than it was back it then. Was. What are yeah. some of the biggest differences that you see from like now and back then? The biggest change, and it's kind of ironic or appropriate that we're talking about that, here, when I started drag, it was before RuPaul's Drag Race. So what was unique about the world of drag then is that every drag 
uh, was very specific to what region of the country or world you were in. So you could almost look at a performer and by their physical appearance, get an idea of where they might have been influenced or where they were coming from. But now because of RuPaul's Drag Race, it has brought sort of like all the different flavors of drag onto a public level. So somebody, for example, who is growing up in the South where it traditionally had always been very pageant oriented, could draw their inspiration from somebody they saw on television and where people in that area would have a basis of understanding of, oh, you want to be inspired by Trixie Mattel or you may be inspired by somebody else yeah. that may not be key to what to has that, historically been there. In that area. That, I think, is the biggest change that we saw this proliferation of styles sort of like marinate and become one, like a gumbo. That is so interesting. I've never thought about it like that because yes, with social media nowadays, it's so easy to like go to Instagram and check out like somebody's face and be like, ooh, I want to be like her and start like styling yourself after that. But I, I, it's so interesting that it was like a region based before that. And not only that too, again, dating myself, like y'all, my first social media as Boyd Omar was MySpace. What? <laughs> irritate your people close to you so easily back then. Just. I'm sorry, you pissed me off. You are not in my top 10. I love it, yes. That was so petty. I had MySpace Very too. Petty. thank you. The thing was, back then, what you would draw inspiration from, presumably, are the performers you saw in your local area. Because you could not go onto an Instagram and just scroll for photos. You couldn't just Google. Yeah. It certainly did not see drag on television. So that's why the territory that you grew up in was so influential in your style. Now everything is so much broader. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can legitimately find inspiration from the queens around the world. Just Everywhere, yeah, that is true, that is true. And also offline, we were talking that you have a partner. I do. How long have you been with them? Oh my God, it'll be two years in July, July 12th. I love that. Are they here with you today? Oh no, he is not. You know, I, the, the interesting thing about that, I will say is this, I do pro wrestling, That's that's my, niche of drag. Drag professional wrestler on broadcast pro wrestling in the United States. And my partner and I, and I don't call, I don't, y'all, I don't use the term partner that sounds so permanent. He's my boyfriend. He's the person I choose to spend my days and nights with. We've been together for two years. We met at a wrestling show while I was in drag. That is so fun. Yay! And he's adorable. He's so cute. Okay, but let's talk about wrestling. So you wrestle, you're actually like in the ring wrestling. Not all the time. I'm more of a personality. I, for people who may have like, Grown up watching uh, legendary WWF style wrestling, I'm the Miss Elizabeth to the Macho Man, right? So I'm the Sherry Martel to maybe Macho Man. I definitely do not want to be the demure Miss Elizabeth. But yeah, I'm that personality that is outside the ring. I spice it up, and it's my lifelong dream come true. Do you do it like inside, of, in drag, or out of drag? I do it all in drag. My character is Pollo Del Mar. You can catch me at, in, as part of the National Wrestling Alliance. It is the oldest continuously promoting and running professional wrestling organization in the world. That is sickening. So and then there's me. That is sickening. I love that. I think that it speaks to the idea, just like what you're doing here with your podcast, like we all find that part of like our performance or our art that we want to specialize in. Some girls want to be the runway queen. Some girls want to be the, you know, the Vogue queen. Others want to be a professional wrestling queen. When they said drag is not a contact sport, I said, oh, contraire, bitch. <laughs> it is, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. 
Oh my, I'm obsessed. I need to know more about the wrestling. How did you start or how did you think about, oh, I want to wrestle in drag? Well, as a kid, pro wrestling was like one of my first loves. Like, you know, we all find that thing that we gravitate towards and pro wrestling was that for me. I was a, you know, the typical young gay kid and my dad just did not know what to do with me. God bless him. He tried, he, he wanted to, I'm sure. But pro wrestling was something that we had in common. Like I loved it, he liked it. So even though I had a very tough relationship with him for many years, looking back as an adult, I see that he took me to every pro wrestling event I ever wanted to go to because that was the only way that he could connect, connect. with his son. So that's a sign of love, right? That is really sweet. That is so very sweet. That was where I started. And then I wanted to grow up and, and I was like, as a teenager, I was like, I want to be a wrestler. But because of my identity as a gay man, I didn't think that that was a door that was available to me. And then years later, I started doing drag and I would, I'm a journalist as well. So I wrote for the Huffington Post for many, many years and I would do celebrity interviews. And at one point I was like, look, these professional wrestlers are as much of a celebrity on television. And to me, they're as big of a star as like a Lady Gaga or Katy Perry, people like that. Yeah. That's who I was interviewing, Gaga, Katy Perry, Kelly Clarkson, whoever. And so I started wrestling interviews and it just morphed. And now here I am a personality on professional wrestling television myself. That is amazing. I love how sweet was your dad. Like, you know, like the only way I can connect is like taking to wrestling. He was that is super sweet. sweet. But in adulthood, I look back mm -hmm. and understand. First of all, my parents were super young when I was born. Yeah. And I think to myself, okay, at the age I'm at now, which I will not tell you listeners what uh, age is. <laughs> you don't have, they don't have to know. If I had a child of any age at this point, I would still be lost on what to do as a parent. So for my dad to be so young and then to have a child that was obviously noticeably different, bless his heart, bless his heart. It had to be so challenging for him. So for him to find something that we could connect and bond over, like pro wrestling, I, I recognize that now that was an act of true love to, to take me to these events just yeah. because that was our mutual shared ground. That is so beautiful. I think that nowadays it's also very important to convey that message of love. So I would just say to other parents of queer kids that are maybe like a little bamboozled for lack of a better term of like, what do I do with my kid now? Like, I, I don't know what to do. So the backstory a little bit, I had the very stereotypical, I felt less than my dad wanted me to be. I felt like I was a disappointment. I heard all kinds of derogatory things about LGBTQ plus people, as well as people of different ethnicities. Like, you know, that was the environment that I was raised in. And it was very hurtful and it was very frustrating. And the older I got, the more I rebelled against that and pushed yeah. away. And it wasn't until I became an adult myself and understood how often I fell short of being the person I would like the world to see. Yes. How many times I disappointed and hurt people just because I was ill-equipped to give them what they needed or wanted. And then it started to occur to me like, well, how can this ill-prepared 20-something who did not necessarily want kids, I don't think he wanted kids yeah. at age, and he certainly didn't want a little boy that was not what he expected. You know, I always remind people that it does not give our parents excuses per se for hurting us 
or whatever, but how often do we think about that when somebody, a woman or a man, is expecting this little baby, they're planning out an entire life for that child, even before the child is born. And here I come, hey girlfriend, you know, they were not expecting it and it crushed all of his dreams for me from the beginning. Like I said, until much later when I had some life experience of my own where I was like, damn, people have disappointed me too by wanting to live their own life. And I didn't always like that or act very well. Yeah. You know, bless his heart. No, honestly, like a lot of our parents were not prepared to like deal with any of all of the sequence and the fabulousness. So I think they tried their best. I always want to say that. I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's it. So it's like, I'll give my parents the benefit of the doubt as well. But if you have a queer kid, honestly, out there, just be accepting. Try to understand and take it one step at a time. Don't try to, you know, eat. If you can eat an elephant, just one piece at a time. Oh my God, that's right. I like. I love eating elephant too. <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> thing to do. Miss Pollo del Mar, you are absolutely fabulous, and I could talk to you here all day, literally. I think we could. We literally could. Honestly, I love your energy, and I'm sure that people out there will love you too. Where can they find you on social media? So on Twitter, I'm the Glamazon PDM. By the way, I literally have proof that I I had that catchphrase, that name before RuPaul co-opted it. Ooh. Um, Pollo Del Mar fans on almost everything else. There's a band that has the same name, Pollo Del Mar, and so they beat me to all the social media. So I have the, what looks unofficial, but it is official, Pollo Del Mar fans. P-O-L-L-O-D-E-L-M-A-R-F-A-N-S. I hope y'all connect. I hope you do, guys, because she is a blast. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chow Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.